Welcome to the Arlington Street Church podcast. Founded in 1729, Arlington Street continues today as a gathering place for progressive people of faith in the greater Boston area and beyond. We are located at the corner of Arlington and Boylston Streets, across from the Public Garden in Boston, Massachusetts. Please visit ASCBoston.org for more information about this historic Unitarian Universalist congregation. Arlington Street Church, gathered in love and service for justice and peace. The high wire in Zen Buddhism is the practice of don't know mind. It's walking off the map of the known into the uncharted, that part illustrated with sea monsters and other mythological creatures that's labeled here be dragons. And it's stopping ourselves cold from making up stories about what's happening or what's next or what might have been, could have been, should have been. The existential uncertainty of don't know trends from a kind of vaguely unsettled discomfort to pure misery. In varying degrees right now, we're all living with don't know. For many of us, these times feel like free fall with no bottom. The truth is we never really know anything about what's next, but under normal circumstances, even though at some level we know it could all be pulled out from under us at any moment, we can function as if cause and effect are at play. The problem with living in the midst of a global pandemic is that we don't get to slip into denial about it. Don't know is a spiritual practice. When we engage it, we can find a measure of serenity and even peace. On a perfectly beautiful morning last week, my friend of 32 years, a nurse working with the most vulnerable population, called to say that his 75-year-old husband had awakened with pain in his chest, gasping for breath, and was rushed to the hospital. My mind went white. I didn't exactly have him dead, but I experienced the gut punch of COVID-19. My friend continued, he tested negative for the virus. A flash of crazy relief. And then he has three liters of fluid in his lungs and they found a three inch mass in his upper left lobe. A single beat of silence and we finished together, lung cancer. My friend is not dead. He doesn't even have the virus and we don't know that it's lung cancer. Maybe it is, but maybe it's not. Maybe it will kill him and maybe it won't. All told, that was less than 20 seconds of emotional whiplash. I was able to see the wobble in my mind in my heart and know that making up stories about it was not serving me or my usefulness or least of all 
my friends, we don't know anything. We took a few deep breaths together. I'm sorry, I said. It must have been terrifying. Let's not get ahead of ourselves. Let's figure out what you need right now. Fluid was drained from his lungs, and after an overnight stay, he was released from the hospital. He's physically comfortable now, anxious first thing in the morning, and then drawn into the distractions of the day. More than a week later, we still don't know what's wrong. Medical systems are strained to breaking. But if we can all avoid the uselessness of speculation, thoughts, and opinions, and what if, and practice staying in the moment, practice don't know mind, moment by moment, we can create some spaciousness and serenity. Yesterday, we sat in the midst of their glorious garden and laughed. Don't know mind, writes San Francisco Zen Center Abbas Zenkai Blanche Hartman, is the mind that is innocent of preconceptions and expectations, judgments and prejudices. It is just present to explore and observe and see things as they are. Think of a small child full of curiosity and wonder and amazement. Can we look at our lives this way? She continues, can we look at all the aspects of our lives with this mind, just open to seeing what is there to see? We all want to be the one who knows. But if we decide we know something, we are not open to other possibilities anymore, and that's a shame. We lose something very vital in our life when it's more important to us to be the one who knows than it is to be awake to what's happening. We get disappointed because we expect one thing and it doesn't happen quite like that. We say, yuck, not what I thought it would be, instead of saying, oh, isn't that interesting? How can we cultivate a mind that is free just to be awake? Once we notice the busyness of our mind and all the fixed ideas and fixed views we carry around, then it's possible for us to let them go and say, well, maybe so and maybe not. Freeing ourselves of preconception, expectation, judgment, and the willingness not to get caught believing any of it is what Mary Oliver was after in her poem, When Death Comes. She writes, in part, when death comes. I want to step through that door full of curiosity, wondering what's it going to be like. When it's over, I want to say, all my life I was a bride married to amazement. I was the bridegroom taking the world into my arms. In spite of everything, can we choose to live with that kind of wholeheartedness? Even on the difficult days, can we pry our lives open to potential, to possibilities? 
this is the spiritual practice of don't know. To marry amazement, meeting whatever comes with curiosity, wonder, equanimity, and grace. So how do we do it? First, we find our breath and return to be here now. Just breathe. And next, we ask a simple question. What's happening right now? Breathe. What's happening? When we consider what's happening, we take care not to add to the facts. Adding it, adding to it, is what I call storytelling. What's happening is different from the story we're making up about it. And much more often than not, the story, what we're adding, is not helpful. Throughout the day, we just keep finding our breath. Breathe. Ask, what's happening right now? Don't add to it. Ezra Beda, a teacher at the Zen Center of San Diego, writes, the point of asking what's going on right now is to wake up from our sleep. Awareness isn't introspection, wandering endlessly in the mazes of the mind. Awareness isn't about memories or reflections on the past or a free association about experiences in the future. Awareness is confined to what's actually going on within the space of this present moment. The attitude is non-judgmental and curious. Any should is antithetical to genuine awareness. And that leads to another question that I find helpful. We can ask, what else? When I ask, what else? That's the moment I remember to pray or to give something away. The times we feel the poorest are the best times to give a gift, especially a gift of service, to remember that we are not poor when we are rich in spirit. Breathe. What's happening right now? What else? In Buddhism, Mara is the demonic celestial king associated with desire and death. On the darkest night before the dawn in which he was to become enlightened, the Buddha sat in meditation all through the night and was attacked by the forces of Mara. The story goes that they shot arrows at him, but the arrows turned into flowers. American Buddhist teacher Pema Judran writes, what does this story mean? My understanding of it is that we habitually regard what we habitually regard as obstacles are not really our enemies, but our friends. The way the world teaches us where we're stuck. 
whether we experience what happens to us as an obstacle and enemy or as a teacher and friend depends entirely on our perception of reality. Pema Chidron's teacher, Trungpa Rinpoche, once asked a group of his students, what do you do when you get squeezed? What do you do when things are unbearable? Pema writes, we all sat there wondering what to say. And then he called on us one by one, and we were so scared that we answered very genuinely. Almost all of us said something to the effect that we just completely fell apart and forgot about spiritual practice altogether. But after that, we noticed very clearly what we did when we felt attacked, betrayed, or confused, when we found situations unacceptable or unbearable. We began to really notice what we did. Did we close down or did we open up? Did we feel resentful and bitter or did we soften? Did we know more about what it means to be human? Were we penetrated by arrows or did we turn them into flowers? This is don't know mind. Many of us have come up against a view of the end of our lives, an accident or illness that shook us to the core. When it's happened to me more than once, I found it shocking, really, and a bit disorienting. That disorientation is don't know mind. For those of us who live to tell the story, if we're lucky, we experience the feeling of another chance at life, the feeling of clarity, of priorities snapping into place, of the willingness to forgive. If we're very lucky and we put in the work, we cultivate a spiritual practice that holds and upholds us and never leaves us. There's a great story of a guy on a solo meditation retreat on a mountain, the creek rushing past his, his hut was very loud. He just couldn't make any room for silence inside his head. At one point, he left his cushion, went outside, and worked for several hours to rearrange the rocks in the water, hoping to smooth out the noise. When he returned to sit, he realized that he had created the opening bars of the Marines' hymn, from the halls of Montezuma to the shores of Tripoli. He feared he was losing his mind. And then, late in the night, above the roaring creek, there was another sound. It was a huge roar, yes, almost certainly the roar of a grizzly bear, followed by a loud snuffling and scratching on the wall of the hut. The man sprang up, jammed a chair under the door handle, and closed the inner storm shutters over the single window. He squeezed himself in under his cot, shaking with fear. He heard the small table he had moved outside snap and break like firewood. His heart felt like it was beating out of his chest, and he could hear the sound of his blood rushing in his ears. He was completely alone, with no way to call for help. And then, suddenly, he realized for the first time since he'd arrived, it had gotten 
really, really quiet. The creek was merely background now, and in the foreground was an enormous silence filled with his fear and the bear. This is Don't Know Mind. The guy with the bear on the other side of the wall was just aware enough to recognize this for exactly what it is, an extraordinary opportunity to practice. Breathe. What's happening right now? What else? Eventually, after it had been quiet for hours and hours, he pulled back a shutter and peered into the moonlit night. No bear. He lowered the chair until he could open the door just a crack. No bear. The bear was gone, and so was the noise of the creek, replaced by something much bigger, much more compelling, a vast silence inside his head and an affirmation of his devotion to practice as if his life depended on it. Beloved spiritual companions, here be dragons. Breathe. What's happening right now? What else? Let us practice don't know mind. Spacious, serene, and free just to be awake. In spite of everything, may we choose to live with wholeheartedness, to marry amazement, meeting whatever comes with curiosity, wonder, equanimity, and grace. When the bear comes, may we turn arrows into flowers. Amen. Thank you for listening to this week's podcast. We would love to hear from you via email at office at ASCBoston.org or through our Facebook page. If you would like to support the good work of Arlington Street Church, Please consider a contribution by checking the mail or through our website, ASCBoston.org.